Praise God. So how many were here last week when he introduced this message about being a flamethrower, being on fire for God? How many want to be on fire for God? Like I'm one of those ones. I don't want to live and die. And like Solomon did say, meaningless, meaningless. Everything was meaningless. Like what am I an architect for? What am I a nurse for? What am I an engineer for? What am, what am I, uh, you know, an insurance for? What am I doing this for? What is the purpose of it? Maybe it's because God wants to light you up so that you can go and catch other people on fire. Amen? Man, you guys look good today. You're ready for the Steeler game. That's what it is. There's like, there's like an energy and excitement and there's lots of black and yellow. That is one of the most important parts of our vision here at Grace Life Church. We want to see the biggest black and yellow cheering section in heaven. That's the, you know the city's black and yellow, right? I mean, we're going to go crazy. Anybody we meet, we want them to come with us all the way to heaven, right? I mean, I know you think Pittsburgh's heaven. This is my promised land. But there's going to be an even better place, an even even more glorious place to be. Leviticus 6.12 says this. The fire on the altar must keep, be kept burning. So this is my job this morning. This is Pastor Buck's job. We're not here to be your fire. We're not here to make sure you always stay ablaze. We're going to be here to constantly be light. We're going to keep things burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood, arrange the burnt offering on the fire, burn the fat of the fellowship offerings. on. How many want to burn some fat today? That's what Holy Spirit fire will do to you in Jesus' name. Woo! So that's what I'm, I'm going to keep the fire burning. I'm going to add firewood to it. I'm going to arrange the burnt offerings, and we're going to burn the fat off some things. So last week, Pastor mentioned two stories that I want to just rehearse for you real quickly. Number one, one of our missionaries that we support heavily at this church is in the area of Vietnam and Cambodia. So in Cambodia, if he, he said if you would go there, you would see buildings built by the government to raise up babies into sex slavery. Protected by the government. He said the only thing we can do there is to build churches around it to change the hearts of people. And so he said he's in a prayer meeting. Can you imagine their prayer meetings in the Vietnam or in Cambodia? And in this prayer meeting, they are crying out, and I'm sure they're praying for their nation, and they're praying for the people, and and they're praying for freedom. And, And all of a sudden, he hears from one of the gentlemen praying, Steel City, fire, Steel City, fire, 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 going from Steel City out to other places and of course in our missionary being from pittsburgh said there's only one steel city right still pittsburgh fire so what is that fire i mean we know naturally with the industrial revolution the the great 
place in history that Pittsburgh has had with steel. But what about spiritually? He was praying spiritually. Steel City, fire, that's you. Steel City, be on fire for God. And out of that, it's going to shoot out and launch to other places in the world. Uh, our our uh, father of the faith, Kenneth Hagin, had a vision in, I think, 1973. And he talks about this great hand of communism and socialism coming out of the oceans over America. And he talks about you know, the economy and things that we're living out today. And he said, but Lord, is there anything that we can look forward to? And he said he saw balls of fire that was unleashed all over the nation. And out of that, sparks of fire flew. We do have something to look forward to. Steel City Fire. Like, you have to get this in your heart. If you're looking for it out there, it's not. It's in you. You're it. You're the guy on the job. You're the neighbor. You're the person on the street. You're the person at Giant Eagle going to Eaton Park every Monday morning for breakfast. You're there. You should be fired up about him, right? More than anything. So I'm reading this book, and it's called Steel Faithful. And basically what, what it they have done is compiled stories of revival and history in the city of Pittsburgh. And when I read this one part, something in me did cartwheels, which is not hard to do. In 1950, and maybe some of you will remember this, this is the charismatic revival, the renewal, and Catholics, my mother-in-law were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and she's teaching CCD class, and she's telling the priest, we got to speak in other tongues. And he's like, okay, you're out. In 1950, Sam Shoemaker declared that his vision over this city was to make Pittsburgh as famous for God as for steel. Do you know that? Like, just think about that. Those words have been spoken over this city. They're already out there. They're already planted. So maybe we're the fruit of that. Maybe, maybe we're, the, we're the ones that are living that out right now. He said, I like to envision Pittsburgh as a city under God so that God would be the same to Pittsburgh as steel is to Pittsburgh. The backlog of Christian conviction and belief in this city means more to it than all the coal in the hills and all the steel in the mills. If these forces can be trained and mobilized, listen to this, buckle your seatbelt. Pittsburgh might become a spiritual pilot plant for America. Have you ever had your pilot light go out and you're like, that is the most annoying thing. There's no heat or no warmth. We need fire to live. So spiritually, I just believe that in Jesus' name. Pittsburgh will become a spiritual pilot plant for America. And so the representatives from Pittsburgh spoke of the great physical advances and improvements in Pittsburgh. This is the 1950s. Things were happening so speedily as far as with these physical advances. And he said, 
there needs to be a corresponding advancement spiritually. We don't want to just advance physically, physically. We need to advance spiritually, spiritually, spiritually. During the birth of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, Father John Swiney attended the Life of the Spirit seminars in 1975 and has been a charismatic voice within the Diocese of Pittsburgh for more than 40 years. Okay, this is where I'm, I'm, so, I'm so jacked up about this. Okay, you, I need a response from you. Like I'm feeling in my heart, okay? I'm like, I respond like a cheerleader. I say, go, you say, yeah, you know, whatever. Let's go. Okay, here we go. Yeah! I forgot all my cheers. Okay. That's old. It is old when you forget your old cheer. I mean, you think they'll be in you forever. Here we go. Father Swiney was a co Swiney or Swinney? Anybody? No. Okay. Who cares? Was a co-founder of and he was a regular speaker at the charismatic oriented fire rallies. No, they had fire rallies. Are you ready? That's not even the good part. Ready? It fire stands for faith, intercession, repentance and evangelism uh, right you need to write those down in your phone because this this is how we're going to keep the pilot lit on the inside of you faith intercession repentance and evangelism this is crazy this is the good part ready so this spread worldwide and one of the first rallies that attracted thousands of Catholics I'm so excited, I can hardly say it. Was at the Monroeville Expo Mart. At the, in 1985, 38 years ago, they're there planting seeds for fire and revival and life change. And now you're sitting here 38 years later and we're going to act like cold and dead and dry and lifeless. Monroeville Expo Mart had flipping fire rallies. Fired up about the kingdom. Fired up about Jesus. Fired up about life change. In Proverbs 20, were you excited about that? I was excited about that. I feel super invested in Monroeville, in the East. God, when God called us to Pittsburgh and we got here, I knew, we both knew, you go, we knew the East Side. And then we were so brilliant as church planners, we knew we needed to be by the mall. Because all roads lead to the mall, in my life, anyway. So we planted right there at the Doubletree Hotel in the banquet rooms. We had church right a stone's throw away from flipping fire rallies. <laughs> Proverbs 20, 27. The Spirit of God, and these are our two key scriptures that Pastor brought up last week. The Spirit of God breathed into man is like a living lamp, a shining light 
searching into the innermost part and chamber of our being. So on the inside of you, in your spirit of man, it says that in another translation that the candle of the Lord is the spirit of man. You get lit. The pilot's there. It's in you. What do you have to do? You've got to cultivate it. You fan the flame. It's there. I mean, you look at some people and you wonder if they're even breathing. You have a fire on the inside of you in your inner man. In the innermost chamber of your being. So if you're like, you have no idea what's going on in my life. We're going to talk about that. What do I do? Because see, all of hell is trying to stuff out your fire. To squinch, crush, overwhelm. You know, as a little kid, this little light of mine, I'm going to you know, hide it under a bush. No. I'm telling you, the forces and the powers of hell. But... Darkness can't overcome light. So you're all, you're all good, regardless. Another key scripture, Jeremiah 29. If I say I will not make mention of the Lord or speak anymore in his name, in my mind and heart, it is as if there were as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Have you ever felt like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of enduring and holding it in. I cannot contain it any longer. Like I have to tell somebody, like has Jesus radically transformed your life? Have you been touched by the hand of God? I mean, you're sitting here today. You look amazing. You got here somehow. You slept. God has been so good to you. So during this message, and Pastor and I were talking about, I really, really wanted to preach about, like, let's get fired up. Let's, that was a cheer. Let's get fired up. Thank you. Okay. Wait, one more time. Pastor Buck, if you're watching, let's get fired up. Yeah, we're lit here. Absolutely lit. And then I started thinking, everybody is fired up about something. Right? All you have to do is just talk to them for a little bit. You'll know they're fired. I am fired up about my little doggy that went to heaven last Sunday. And I'm not going to cry because I've cried all week. So here's, here's a few memes of somebody that I'm so fired up about. Okay, Samson, alert to St. Pete. Watch your bacon, apple pies, good Italian bread, and pizza. Samson just arrived. Okay, super fired up. Okay, this pastor back. Dad, you were right. There are no cats in heaven. Maybe because they have nine lives. <laughs> and lastly... While mom's getting ready down there for fall, I'm up here falling at the feet of Jesus. Come on, Samson. Well done, good and faithful dog. If you don't believe all dogs go to heaven, then this probably is not the church for you. We love you so much, and we've got a list of great places. But Samson is for sure. Absolutely my dream dog. Okay, so, you know, 
uh, my house is full of young men, right? My son's 18, 15, so there's always like smells and just guys and it's very interesting. Like, have you worn deodorant? Um, that's something you should probably do 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, you know, you talk to one kid and he's talking to me about cars and he's so fired up about cars and he's like, and this thing needs change. 15 minutes later, I'm like, how do I stay interested? How do I, I don't know what that bolt is. I don't care what it does. I don't know the belt. I don't know what you have. I don't care. But thank you for your passion about cars. If you, if you talk to Judah, he's going to go, soccer, 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 soccer. And I got I to eat right. We're, soccer, 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 soccer. We're like, okay. And Judah just scored his first varsity goal yesterday. Yeah. Made the Instagram, everything. He's like, it's a whole vibe. Now he's super jacked up about soccer. Gabe said, oh, great. He needs humbled. You talk to my daughter, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. I'm going to get my real estate lesson. I'm going to do my real estate classes, real estate, real estate. Okay, my daughter is home. I'm passionate about that. Thank you for this costume today that you got me. It looks like straight up fire. Um, you talk to Steggy or, or Gabe, and you're going to hear music, 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 writing, writing, songs, love, bass line, over and over. I hit their one new buddy just got a baby great Dane. I'm like, I'm like, baby great Dane, we're going to be best friends because you're going to grow up. You're going to be taller and bigger than all of us. And we're going to be buddies. But everybody is fired up about something. You talk to Bob, Mimi, Mama Lee, Mary. What are you going to hear? Revival, revival, Jesus, revival, prayer move of God. And what happens with the fire of God in your life? The fire of God removes excess from your life. The fire of God makes you durable and unbreakable. The fire of God can melt you and make you stronger. The fire of God will purify you, refine you. It stands the test of time. Fire is what we need for survival naturally, but a spiritual fire is what we need to forward advance the kingdom of God. So the title of my message today is not Let's Get Fired Up. It's somebody call 911, this child's on fire. So what I have to tell you is in 1994, I preached my first sermon ever. I was in Bible school. And this, because my mom and dad so brilliantly save everything I've ever done, dad had the notes for this message. And I'm not teaching you that old message that was totally not where I am today. But I'm, I've been through the fire. I've been through some storms. I've been through pain that seems so unbelievable. I've been through loss. I've been through betrayal. I've been through financial child. I've been through the fire and I've been through the storm. And can I just say what I had to say back then, I didn't have a clue. Today, I've got a clue. I've got a big clue. So, but this is what I wrote in 1994. What happens when there is a house, a fire in the house? The alarm goes off. 
you call 911. The firemen come to put the fire out. But when you get baptized with fire, the fire alarm goes off in hell. <laughs> Satan is sitting back in his recliner watching the evening news and your face flashes up on the big screen TV and he cries in hell. Someone called 911. That child up there is on fire. Depression, sickness, disease. Go put her fire out. Poverty, confusion, unforgiveness. Stop her from burning. Why? Because he knows what will happen when a child of God is on fire. The whole place will come spiritually alive. Hebrews 12, 29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. Well, I just don't feel anything. Well, you better get the feels. You better line the feels up to what the word says. He is an all-consuming fire, and he lives in me, in you. Hebrews 12 in the message, do you see what we've got an unshakable kingdom? Do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God. For God is not an indifferent bystander. He is actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn. And he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. So we're talking about being consumed from the top to the bottom, to be consumed utterly, to be devoured completely or wholly. It's not like I'm, I'm, I'm all in for God, but all in for the world. All in for God, but all in for my flesh. All in for God, but man, I'm all into porn. All into God, but man, I'm all into lying, cheating, stealing. No, we're, he's an all-consuming fire. Can you say with me, steel city fire? That's you. So let's talk about one of my favorite Bible stories in the Bible. And I, I don't think we talk about them enough, the three Hebrew children. Because in the fiery furnace of life, that is where we get forged by the fire. We get strengthened by the fire. I mean, when I first moved here, honestly, I was not forged by the fire. I had the fire of God in me, but I had never been out there thrown into a fiery furnace when there was nothing else but me and God. Something happened the past 27 years. Actually, it's been one fire after another. It's awesome. <laughs> Go, God. Burn it all out. He's like, okay. In Daniel 3, it says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold. Does everybody know this story? I love this story. He set it up, and then he makes a decree. You must fall down and worship in that same hour, or you're going to be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. So, I mean, we were really at this point so recently. You do this or you're cut off, right? I mean, and, and we're making decisions 
constantly. So if, if I don't bow to this idol, I'm done. And then in verse 17 says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have chosen not to bow to this idol. But even if he does not deliver us out of your hand, O king, we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. That took some straight up fire. They're looking at this idol. They're looking at this king. All they had to do was just bow and then get up and move on. They said, oh, hell to the no. I believe that we're going to have some of those moments probably coming up in our life according to Scripture. And we're going to have to have some internal fire that cannot be stuffed out. It's, it, we're not going to cower in fear. But there was some kind of courage and boldness that they had that I believe we need, right? And so in verse 19, the Nebuchadnezzar, he was so mad. He was full of fury. And so he charged Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he said, heat that furnace seven times hotter than it usually is. It was so hot that the flame of the fire killed the men that even took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to throw them in the fire. So this fire is so hot. And these men, they're bound. They, they have bound them. The men throwing them in the fire have died. Can you imagine being these three men? Go, but, I mean, probably like falling to my death here. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. And he rose up in haste and he spoke to his counselors. Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they answered the king, that's true. And he said, but I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire. And they're unharmed. Come on, somebody. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Now Nebuchadnezzar is freaky. I'm sure he, get them out. This mouth, he's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You are the servants of the Most High God. And he said, he, get these men whose bodies the fire had no power. Nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. I'm saying that you will be in a place of a fiery furnace. And to me, it's kind of a, it's like life or death. I mean, it could be relationally. I've been in relational fires. I've been in financial fires. It's like, God, if you don't show up, we're done. I'll never forget going into a staff meeting years and years ago. And we, we could not keep the church 
up. We couldn't keep it running. And so we had made the decision. We're going to go into our staff and we're going to say thank you for being a part of this church and the staff. But we're going to have to close down. And, man, we were praying and believing God. And right before Pastor Buck walked into the room, he got a phone call from my home church. Come on, say, those planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Got a call from my home church. The senior pastor said, I don't know what's going on, but I cannot get you off my mind. I am sending you today, I think, forty dollars or $50,000, and we are going to support you every month, $10,000 a month. You might feel like the trials of life are burning you up. That situation, it's eating you alive. It feels four times hotter than you could ever handle. But you have to know that you are not alone in the fire. And you have to know that God is with you. And then when God brings you out of that fiery ordeal, you're not even going to smell like smoke. I should be miserable. I should look terrible for all of the heartache and the the words spoken against us and honestly I should look like an old mm, mm. I should be shoved down but when I got by myself it was me and my God who is faithful who we can trust And here's what you do in the fire. So many people are in a fiery furnace and they just bounce out. They do not stay there and they do not let God work in their life. They do not stand firm. These guys didn't run from the fire. They went into the freaking fire. What did these guys in 9-11 do? They ran into the fire to rescue people. Our God is with us. You cannot... Forget that. And remember Shadrach, that was three men. Three men working together, Joey, in the king, believing God together. So we have life group signups, right? If you don't have three incredible men of God in your life, you probably need to sign up for a life group. So that you'll be fortified together. You go to the men's retreat together. Even if it feels weird, you don't understand, you're a guy. Just go. Just step out in faith. You got to get lit up from within. And, you know, it's funny because I want to be famous for being an encourager. I want to be famous for being like a cheerleader, right? Like, you encourage us so much. And I have become famous for just the opposite. These young pastor's wives, they come into Pittsburgh. They're planning a church. They're like, Pastor Amy, we've heard about you. And they're like, we want to get, can we have lunch? Yes. They're like, you have endured so much. You have been in the fire. Yeah. You have been betrayed. Mm-hmm. You have lost buildings. and Praise them. but I have something to say now because I've been through the fire 
and my God did not leave me. He did not walk out of me. This process that God comes into our life, little by little, that fire reveals things. It shows us things. He turns up the heat. He allows the fiery trials. I could have left Pittsburgh, but I didn't. I stayed in the fire. Work it all out, God. Get rid of all the crap. Get rid of pride, insecurity, selfishness, jealousy. Get rid of it all. God is a character watcher. He's looking at our character. He wants to remove things, refine things, fix things. In Isaiah 43, 2, it says, When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. God's promise. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the... You will not be burned. You won't even smell like smoke. There'll be such a beautiful light and glory. You want to go from glory to glory in life. Not from mess to mess to mess. Stay in the fiery furnace until God works and refines you in your life. There are fiery tests in life. How many love being tested? My son Gabe is so happy right now that he is not taking tests in high school. <laughs> He's like, whoa, I've been delivered from tests. Nobody likes that. You got to study. You got to work. You got to think about it. You got to grind through it. You've got to memorize some stuff. You can't bounce out of a test in the natural. Same thing spiritually. You can't bounce out of the test or you're going to see the same test over and over you wonder why some people, they struggle over and over. Same thing, year after year, decade. God, whatever it is in this fiery trial, in this fiery test, teach me. Show me. I will not be moved. You know, even, you know, mourning the loss of my, my favorite buddy in the whole world. The Lord said, be careful what you say, what comes out of your mouth. So I thought, I can't live without my dog. He said, you watch what you say, right? You better let the Lord refine you in Jesus' name. See, the Apostle Paul was called into the ministry. But the Apostle Paul, he had been around such intellectual men his whole life and high-level men. Now he's going to work with these wacky disciples. They're like fishermen. Like, he kind of had pride, like, I'm better I'm better than them. Why do I have to be under them? Actually, Paul had to work under the disciples for eight years before he was released to do actually what God had called him to do. And he writes this. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. How many like to be trieth? I mean, when my kids try my patience, I'm like, do not try me. And sometimes we get like that with God. Do not try me. I will bounce out and do whatever I want. You're correcting me. You're instructing me. But you can disregard his instruction and do whatever the heck you want. That is possible. And you will live a life of disobedience and you will not live a life to the fullness that God has for you. And you will certainly dim your fire. 
How about a super obedient church? Like, he says it, we move, we do it. So this word, they were allowed of God. They were tried by him. They were tested by him, examined by God. They were inspected by God. They were scrutinized to determine the quality of the sincerity of a thing. Can I just say, if you have not been through the fire, if you have not been through the fiery test, you do not need to have a podcast. You do not need to have a blog because you have nothing to say. You show me somebody tried by fire that stayed put in the hard times, that God worked through them. We worked with a, a sweet young couple in Tulsa that were friends with my daughters, and they got hurt at a church. And listen, I'm a pastor. We talked about it last month. Church hurt. It's real. It happens. It sucks. But what do you do? It was a test. And I said, they left the church. And, and then they said to me, you know, all of our friends came from that church. God had called us to that church. That's where we felt we found our like life besties. And I'm like, this is a great test. You own it. And you go back into that church and you make it right and you get plugged back in. Do you know what that does to your pride? Ooh, we already left. We're done. We stepped out of the fire. And I said, you need to go back, go back back into that fiery test and trial right now and you work it out and what God has worked out and done in just a short amount of time they won't have to pass that test year after then they get hurt at that church and they go to the next church and they I said you want to go to five churches in three years that's not planted and rooted and stable that's flaky we don't need any tumbleweeds in the body of Christ. We need pillars in the house of our God. Pillars that hold up the weight of a structure so that the harvest can come into the house of God. It's pretty simple. So easy, right? Say it's so easy. I'm just going to be tested by God, examined by God, scrutinized by God, examined by him. <laughs> so fun. Rick Renner said this about that scripture. It was a lengthy process, and I went through a lot of refining fires to get to this place. But I finally passed the test, and God saw that I was genuinely ready, and it's not over because God is still testing our hearts to see if we're ready for the next big step. When you think about steel, when you think about gold, these precious metals, I mean, steel isn't just happen. It goes through a process. I believe it's iron I was reading about. It. I was like, dear Lord, I had no idea. I thought steel came straight from a mountain. We put it on a thing and send it off on the barges down the rivers. Oh, my gosh. It's like fire, melt, fire, fire, form, fire, forge, fire. It was like Seven steps of straight-up fire. Hence the black smoke over the city for several decades, right? Wow. Pure, 1 Peter 1.7 says this. 
these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith, is though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. David said this, God, I invite your searching gaze in Psalm 139 into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me, God. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting way, the path that brings me back to you. Don't let those tests and those trials control you or guide you anymore. Those tests, you passed the, te- passed the heart test, pass the character test, pass the relationship test. I mean, in your marriage, you're going to hear the Lord say to you more than anything, shutteth upeth. <laughs> Amy, shutteth upeth. But I, I got to tell pass the test, give it to me. And then I watch God as I'm in the fiery train, work it all out for good. Pass the fiery test so that you can be God's flame, a fire on the earth. God's ministers, listen to what it says in Psalm 104.4, who makes winds, his messengers, flames of fire his ministers. Is that a, you are a flame, a fire that ministers to God's people. You can't be in Giant Eagle at the bakery and you're standing next to somebody and they're picking up a cake for a loss or a pain or you overhear something. You can't not say anything because you are consumed with this fire. You're a flame of fire for people. In Psalm 104 in the King James, it says, who makes his angel spirits, his ministers, a flaming fire. Smith Wigglesworth said this, God wants to flow through you with a measureless power of divine utterance and grace till your whole body is a flame of fire. Till your whole body is a flame of fire. God intends each soul in Pentecost to be a live wire. Not a monument, but a movement. Woo! Not a monument. You're not a statue spiritually, but there is a movement of the fire of God in your life. And you are the pilot light in Pittsburgh, I believe, for the whole nation to experience revival, to experience life change. You are a spiritual inferno for him. I mean, God's, God's fire isn't just showing up at like, on the dog, on the giraffe. His fire is showing up in you. You're it. 
And you might be thinking, well, can't he pick somebody else? No, you are the fire starter. John Wesley was a fire starter in the 1700s. Charles Finney in the 1800s. Smith Wigglesworth in the 1900s. Reese Howe in the 1900s. William J. Seymour, 1900. John G. Lake, 1900. Amy Simple McFerious, 1900. What about 2023? Fire starters. Not just preachers, it was people. It was men and women of God that were fired up about the king and the kingdom, and they took it to the streets. See, we're not just to, we're not just to stay here and stay fired up in here. We take it and we go, and we compel them to come in. What if you were to ask this question like Jonah? Jonah said in Jonah 4.11, ask this question, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh? Should I not have concern of the great city of Pittsburgh? If you are waking up and you are not concerned about the city of Pittsburgh spiritually, then your fire is dull. Should I not be concerned? There are more than 120,000 people who can't tell their right hand from their left. There is all kinds of confusion and crazy and disillusionment and lies. And you are a carrier of the flame. You are a flame of fire, which is a flame of truth and a flame of light. You see, we're forged by the fire. We're tried by the fire in order to become flames of fire. You know, it's amazing. I have a dear friend and while she is burying her mother... She has a miscarriage. I mean, you, there are times that we are in a fire we don't want to be in. Like, God, I didn't want that. And that's not God. That's not God's fire. God's fire is for purification and refinement. God's fire is not destructive. Cancer's destructive and it's from hell. I'm not talking about those kind of fires. But there are sometimes you are thrown into a fire you do not want. You don't know what to do. You didn't ask for it, and you want the heck out of it. But you should hear that, that young lady speak today. Wow. She is a flame of fire, straight fire. What God wants to do in your life when you go through the fiery furnace and the fiery trials, you stay put and you know that you're not alone and that your God is with you. And that he will see you through this. You will walk out of it and your hair won't be singed. You will be untouched and you will be more beautiful and radiant because of that refining fire. Hebrews, as we close, Hebrews 12 says this. Do you see what this means? All of these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit, no extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating 
finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Come on, somebody. We can't, now's not the time to be super soft. My dad said, Amy, when you go to Pittsburgh, you can't have a backbone of a cotton string. Every little thing. You need a backbone of steel. So I speak into your life like Jesus had. A backbone of steel in Jesus' name. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again and again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline in your souls. How many believe that you are called to be a flame of fire? Not a dead, wet, cold, pointless Christian. But you have a fire on the inside of you. I'm going to ask you to stand up right now. And I want you to read the scripture with me out loud. And then I want you to pray a prayer with me out loud. Can we do it as we finish up today? This is from the Song of Songs. Chapter 8, verse 6 and 7. Will you say it with me? Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Rivers of pain and persecution will never extinguish this flame. Endless floods will be unable to quench this raging fire that burns within you. Everything will be consumed. It will stop at nothing as you yield everything to this furious fire until it won't even seem to you like a sacrifice anymore.